Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Welcome to Case in Point, everybody, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you on today on Business Radio X. We're coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Atlanta studio located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we will touch on that and all related aspects of security through the course of each show. Our guest today, and that's plural this time, is Jill Edwards, who is the Gwinnett business banking manager for Wells Fargo, and Ron Keller, who is the vice president of business development. Welcome here on Case in Point, guys. Thanks, Thanks. Rick. Well, I'm glad to have you here and kind of just want to start it off my usual way and just kind of reach out and say, I tell you, we'll start with Jill. Who is Jill Edwards on a personal <laughs> basis? Just what do you do? What brought you here? What got you into banking? Well, I was raised in Nashville, Tennessee, and went to the University of Tennessee, majored in finance, and really didn't know what I wanted to do. So really good at numbers and had done some internships for banks. And so, of course, my first best offer was with a bank. So I went on a training program at a local bank here in town, and that was 33 years ago. So I've been doing the same thing in the same market, for that long, um, I'm married. I have two beautiful kids, a son in college and a daughter over here at Greater Atlanta Christian, and a cute little Shih Tzu dog, Toby, that I walk every night. Fantastic. So you were 12 years old when you got into this. Exactly. Uh, that's what I thought. Ron, how about you? Who is Ron? Well, Rick, um, I uh, grew up in Florida and uh, headed north uh, when it was time to go to college and uh, graduated Mercer University with a master's degree in finance and then uh, came to Atlanta and uh, landed my first job with, uh, with a bank and I've been doing it for 30 years. Um, I've kind of done several things throughout my banking career between uh, community banking, corporate banking. Uh, so I've gotten to see a lot of aspects of banking, which kind of leads into my, my current role with Wells Fargo and being in business development and trying to represent the bank and its many different products. And uh, I've probably been in Gwinnett County now for about uh, 15 years, uh, married to a wonderful lady and have four kids and kind of spread out. So I have uh, two in college and one in uh, elementary and one in middle school. So wow. I got a long way to go. It's like three generations of kids. Absolutely. <laughs> I know I've got a couple of generations <laughs> too, actually three. Well, you know, obviously y'all have seen a lot of changes uh, that length of time y'all have been in banking. Uh, banking has changed a lot. A lot of small banks now as they merge in and get sold and the bigger banks seem to take over. And of course, Wells Fargo is one of our larger banks and um, in the Atlanta metro area, Gwinnett. So kind of want to have some questions that, uh, you know, we could kind of go into, and we've already introduced yourself. So what is Wells Fargo's presence in Gwinnett County like, and, and how is the bank involved in the community, 
and kind of to tag into that, how are you and other employees involved in the local community? I'll kind of start out, Rick, and let uh, Jill jump in here. But uh, Wells Fargo is very active in the community and in really all the communities that we serve across the U.S. Um, you know, in, in our case, Jill and I live here in Gwinnett County and, and are really involved in different community events. And uh, it's really a big part of our uh, vision, value, and goals at Wells Fargo. Uh, Gwinnett County is one of the most diverse counties in the southeast. As you may know, there's over uh, 600 international companies here in Gwinnett, and uh, we have more than 500 team members working for Wells Fargo in Gwinnett County, and we're proud of that diversity and inclusion, and again, that's one of our core values. Um, we like to uh, really promote diversity and inclusion in all as aspects of business and at all levels. Uh, we believe success comes from inviting and incorporating diverse perspectives. And then uh, really the, the biggest thing is our labor pool, uh, all of our fellow teammates, you know, live in the communities and, and they too serve in different capacities and charities and events that uh, we participate in. So we have a large corporate presence. Um, you know, outside of our traditional banking. Well, I, I do know that Jill is involved a lot in the community. Tell well, us about that. Well, uh, as you know, I'm the business banking manager, and I'm so for Gwinnett, and I'm focused on Gwinnett County. I manage a team of relationship managers who is who are assisted by personal account specialists, and we call them their bankers' assistants. And we're supported by a team of internal partners who specialize in the 80-plus lines of business that Wells has to offer. Luckily, our customers don't need all 80 business lines, normally about 15 or 20 that we partner with on a regular basis. In fact, since there's so many of them, it's, it's really the reason why Ron and I work so closely together and I have a business development person that works um, with my team. In terms of what we do in the community and the involvement, so I'll start out with Georgia and then work down to uh, Gwinnett because I think it's important to say that in terms of just money uh, Wells Fargo in 2017 we don't have 18 numbers yet we made more than 8.6 million in charitable contributions to more than a thousand nonprofits and that's just Georgia wow. so specifically in Gwinnett County though um, a couple of things that we did in, um, recently where we gave a $75,000 grant to the Salvation Army to help their that nonprofit's Home Sweet Home program in Gwinnett. It provides uh, services ranging from homelessness prevention to residential drug and alcohol treatment to life skill classes. Some other sizable gifts were a $10,000 grant to Rainbow Village to help that non that nonprofit, which is I think you know Rainbow Village, a awesome. fabulous one, to fight against homelessness, and another $10,000 donation to the Aurora Theater to help its education programs. And as you know, that theater has really transformed the downtown Lawrenceville area. And that's great working with the students and stuff. Yeah, and so then in terms of time, that's the money aspect, but the bigger piece is really the time. In 2017, across Georgia, our team members, Wells Fargo employees, logged almost 28,000 hours, and 25,000 of those hours were in the Atlanta area. So specifically regarding my team in Gwinnett, in October of last year, for the third year in a row, we sponsored the Gwinnett Great Days of Service. It's put on by the Gwinnett Coalition, 
an absolutely fabulous organization run by Ellen Gerstein, as you yes, know. Yes, it is. This is an annual initiative where tens of thousands of volunteers work together at all kinds of different Gwinnett charities. And last year, the Gwinnett Business Banking Team volunteered at Nothing But the Truth in Lawrenceville. That's a charity that provides food and necessary products for the disadvantaged in Gwinnett. Great charity there, too. And I also want to point out that I've personally been in this market for 30 years of my 33-year career. I sit on the board, you were asking about this earlier, um, sit on the board of the Gwinnett Chamber. I've been involved in co-chairing their annual membership drives and worked on the Ops Committee for the Partnership um, Gwinnett Initiative, which is the economic development arm of the chamber. And I also sit, as you know, which is where we really got to know each other from, Rick, is I sit on the board of the Gwinnett Place CID, whose mission is to enhance the economic vitality of Gwinnett's central business district that we're in right here. You know that's, we all know that's a real high paying job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all volunteer. So I want to put in a plug to make sure you're educated about the transit vote coming up on March 19th. You can go to www.connectgwinnetttransit.com to get more information, but that's a big thing to our region and our area going on right now. Absolutely. It's a very important thing that, unfortunately, I think there's more misinformation out, and some dis, but more misinformation out that people people really need and I was talking to Taylor Anderson the other day that people really need to educate themselves on what it really is before they make their decision in a lot of cases to vote against it because when it does have a does have control of that money and it stays here and that's the important thing I think that people don't really realize well and the reason I feel comfortable given that um, email address I mean the um, website address that I just gave is because they are bound to give the facts. So it takes a lot more than some of the no campaigns and things like that yep. that don't necessarily have to report the facts. And this this is, they have to report it, good, bad, or ugly. Um, so do your research. Absolutely, and that's what I, I stress to people is before you make up your mind, honestly do some research on it. Find out mm -hmm. what the real facts are on it before you just, don't go asking somebody, well, what do you think? Because chances are they haven't done their research either. Yeah. They've just got a already built in the word Marta automatically says, no, I'm not going to do it when that's not really kind of in the past. I would have been with them, to be honest with you, but I'm looking at it totally different this time because of the way it's structured. Yep. Well, you know, with all that volunteer stuff, do you all actually have time to do work? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'd be remiss if I think probably the biggest thing everybody thinks of right now when it comes to Wells Fargo is what's in the news and you know i think it's you know with y'all being in the headlines as recently as last week over an outage issue which i know everyone if they watch a tv at all or listen to a radio has heard about and i know some people personally with with wells fargo that have that experienced it you know and you've all been making changes during the past couple of years and you know what is different today and how did y'all address that and what happened well, Rick, let me let me start out by uh, what happened last week, um, which, like you said, it affected uh, many of our customers, and to include, uh, you know, us as employees. I mean, I know when I got up and checked my account, uh, I didn't have my paycheck in there, and I knew my mortgage was makes a big difference was going to come out shortly after <laughs> the deposit. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, unfortunate situation that the system issue that was. Uh, 
caused by a kind of an automatic power shutdown at one of our main uh, data centers. And uh, in response to that uh, shutdown, the different applications were rerouted to uh, backup data centers. But, um, you know, things didn't go as smoothly. Uh, and, and during that outage and rerouting, you know, customers weren't able to make transactions, such as withdraw money from their ATM you know, check their online banking to, to see what transactions might have posted that night. And, you know, of course, that also affected mobile banking as well. Um, our recovery from these issues was not as rapid as uh, our customers or even uh, our teammates, fellow employees uh, expected. But, um, you know, the biggest thing is we're, we're really sorry about the inconvenience. And, and I feel like Wells Fargo's really stepped up and they're waiving fees associated with the outage and really trying to make things right with our clients that, that may have occurred from that outage. And, and we continue today to do that, but we had uh, really put a lot of time and effort, uh, had extended hours in our branches, and, uh, and I feel like we did a pretty good job, but we obviously have a ways to go uh, in making sure we rectify all the issues related to that outage. And I'll let kind of Jill talk about some of the other issues we've had well i'm going to jump in before jill goes in there i know if anybody has a computer which is a kind of a silly thing to say everybody's got a computer nowadays everybody has experienced at some point if they haven't they will it's just a matter of when did you or if you haven't you will some type of an outage where your computer goes down it's mm -hmm. the nature of computers they are not infallible and i know that basically that's in essence what happened is system went down and when it does that all you can do is say that's one of them all heck moments to put it mildly and then you start scrambling trying to get it fixed and i know y'all did a good job jill go ahead well sort of the part b of that question is the overall bigger picture not that specific one event but going back to kind of what happened almost 10 years ago and i want to highlight that wells fargo has a 150 year history of serving our customers through trusted keyword trusted relationships with products and services that help our customers succeed financially that's our mission so we broke that trust through Primarily what kicked it all off was unacceptable sales practices in our community bank and primarily out west and issues in other, a couple other lines of business. So our actions, we're taking responsibility for the fact that they caused harm and significant damage to our reputation. We're sorry, we're making, we're, so we've been trying to make things right. So over the past two years, a real formalized plan went into place uh, addressing the root causes of these mistakes and making things right for not only our customers, but also the internal team members and laying the foundation for a better company in the future. And we understand that we have more work to do and we're fully committed to rebuilding the trust with all of our stakeholders. Among the lessons we've put into practice are an increased transparency and engagement with the team members, customers, and the stakeholders. So as we continue this transformation that we're in the middle of right now, we're building on the many changes we've put in place so far. We're a better company today than we were before, and we'll be an even better company going forward in the future. I do wanna say, just sort of speaking personally, I never witnessed any of this kind of behavior in my market, but I do support the bank's 
efforts and what they're doing to make it right and understand that the company I represent, this did occur at that company. Well, I know as a business owner, uh, I come in contact with people that at times do things that are totally against our culture, totally against our procedures, totally against our rules. And really the only thing, and you can't, you can't babysit people. I mean, you just you can't do it and, and run a business at the same time. And even in a family situation, you get people that do stuff that it's stupid. And uh, you can, sometimes you just can't ex do anything about that. Mm -hmm. But what you can do is you can be accountable for it. Mm -hmm. You can take responsibility and, and then be accountable. And then you can fix the problem. That's right. And if you don't address the problem, you don't accountable, be accountable for it, you're constantly making excuses mm -hmm. and this, that. Nothing gets fixed. That says what kind of a company culture you really have, not the kind of company culture that you promote. That's right. And I, I have seen uh, Wells Fargo take accountability for the issues and, and address them. And that's really what you have to do as a business. You know, how do people react? How do they address stuff? Then, then make your judgments on what. Don't make your judgments on the total company based on what a few individuals do. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if people judged paradigm by what a few individuals do that do stupid stuff that no longer work for us, <laughs> then you know we wouldn't be in business, uh, and I wouldn't blame anybody for putting us out of business. And but, you make uh, a good point. All those employees that it's. Gosh, it's been close to 10 years. I mean, we took immediate action, and they've been gone for a long time. Absolutely, and you have to deal with it. You have to address it. Well, you know, you, you talk about business banking, um, and I know that uh, you're the uh, Gwinnett business banking manager. So, you know, kind of what kinds of customers do you serve, and what services do you provide, uh, either one of you? Yeah, um, Rick, with me being the business development guy, um, I'm kind of initially out there on the front line and trying to identify um, prospects that kind of fit the business banking model. Um, as you know, we, we have several different uh, divisions. We have our community banking, we have the business banking, we have corporate banking, we have international banking. But specifically with the business banking, we're really focusing on companies that have annual revenues of five million up to 50 million sometimes we bump up against that as as our clients grow um, which we'd like to see and uh, you know we're always making sure that we can serve their needs if they get to be bigger more technical needs then we have the ability to to move them up into the next market um, be flexible exactly so we we're always wanting to make sure you know one thing that uh, that really impresses me about Wells Fargo from the client side is we're required to meet with our clients every 90 days. So we're out there listening, finding out what's working, what's not working. So then we could be better prepared and go back and try to find the different solutions. You know, as Jill mentioned, I mean, we have 80 different, um, you know, products and services. Um, so, you know, that's probably one of my hardest jobs, you know, out of the 80 products I feel like I know you know 70% of them you know and know them enough that I could have a good conversation but then you know bring in a partner that's the expert at that mm -hmm. so I was say what you don't know there's somebody that does exactly and you know every day you know we're 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 finding out different things that uh, that we can do you know they might be uh, done in another part of the country 
but they still serve our market if, if it's needed. So um, that's, that's something that uh, we have at our disposal. But, you know, just again, some of the, uh, the products that we're seeing being utilized in the business banking, um, you know, we're one of the largest equipment financers. Uh, so we do a lot of equipment financing. I mean, we do it all the way down to the phone system, to your computer system, um, you know, cubicles, uh, and then all the way up to the big yellow machinery for our construction uh, companies. So pretty much whatever you have a financing need, mm -hmm. uh, we, we can do it. And some of it is very simple, depending on the price point, to a one-page application to uh, to maybe a, a, a little bit more detailed where we collect uh, financials and underwrite it. But, um, you know, probably the, the, the biggest thing that, that we're very good at uh, bank-wide is our treasury management. Um, you know, that seems to be the, the big wave these days is making sure that, you know, you're looking after people's money. And so we can do that a lot of different ways. We have, uh, you know, risk management and, uh, you know, again, the cash management and merchant services. So, again, any of the products that uh, a business is using, um, you know, we're one of the best at it. And probably the, the, the one of the last things uh, that I'd like to touch on that uh, really is helpful to us in business banking, because you see companies that are growing so quickly and all of a sudden they become uh, marketable to be acquired. So we're good at having those conversations, you know, whether they're being sold or not, you know, what's your succession planning? You know, is there a family member can take over or is there a key employee? Uh, and then the development of exit strategies. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And then, you know, if you happen to hit that big payday, we also have a, a, a very good uh, wealth management group and a, a private bank that uh, services those. Fantastic. Well, Wells Fargo's business banking group, it's part of our wholesale bank, and it, we give a tailored approach to helping business customers, regardless of their size or complexity, continue to grow and stay competitive during every stage of their business. So business banking is a very important part of the overall big bank, Wells Fargo, too. In fact, Perry Palos, who's the head of Wells Fargo's wholesale bank, was quoted by Investor, Investor Daily in 2017 as saying, Business banking customers are the next big companies. So I've spent my entire career working in this segment of the industry. And with all uh, the sizable banks, um, all I'm sorry, all with sizable banks in the Northeast Corridor of Atlanta, so I've seen a thing or two. Um, Wells Fargo's ongoing strategy to grow its market presence and capabilities in the business banking space while working with those other Wells Fargo business lines that Ron talked about is how we best serve our business customers. Those are over 80 lines of business. And if you want to add up the products, I don't, I don't know the total number, but that's just the lines of business. So for example, when I'm out meeting with customers and prospects, one of my primary encouragements to any business wanting to grow is lay the right foundation regarding their banking services. If we were talking about a house, it's easy to see why you need to pour a foundation before you build the house, right? So often with businesses, I see a house, but not much of a foundation under it. So if a business wants to stay small, then that's fine, no foundation needed. But if you want to grow the company, that's where we can really add value to help a company. 
our products and services are like the foundation of a house they to a business we don't um like a company that might not have a line of credit or a business card or like a purchasing card please don't wait until you need it to talk to your banker and oh treasury services that ron was talking about that's just the banking term used for all the bells and whistles that you put on your depository accounts don't wait until the volumes grow so large to try and implement services like reconciliation or fraud filters that we're going to talk about later, which is security, or the safest and cheapest way to move money both from your customers or to your vendors. We have those foundational treasury products that are really cost effective and easy to implement, and the sooner the better, if, especially if you know you're growing. So one more thing while I'm on a roll. And this is directed at CEOs, presidents, owners, CFOs, and controllers of small and medium-sized businesses. The next time you need to hire someone to help with like general accounting, AP, or a accounts receivable, get with your business banker to see if there are products that you are, that, you, that will do what you are needing, or that will save the existing staff enough time that you don't need to hire another W-2 or another 1099 employee. I often hear, ooh, treasury services are so expensive. So let's just say reconciliation for your size business costs an extra 2000 a year. Well, what are you paying your staff that does that for you already? And how much will it cost to bring on just one more even part-time employee, much less one that's touching your money? So we're here to talk about security, right? So it's business strategies like that that Wells Fargo business bankers bring to the table to help you run your company in the most strategic and cost-effective manner possible. Well, and that does deal with security. And I want to go ahead, since you mentioned the fraud part, and just go ahead and, you know, one of the most common types of fraud that you see at Wells Fargo, or what is it? And, you know, how are you trying to prevent that fraud? How do you all deal with it? Well, we have, uh, <coughs> excuse me, we have several different um, products that uh, becoming more and more uh, commonplace you know as you know we continue to move into this age of technology um, it seems like the, uh, the the bad folks out there are, are a little quicker and getting a little bit more ahead of you know us trying to prevent it um, but but Wells Fargo is doing a very good job and, and offers uh, several different products but you know, one of the, obviously, the biggest things that we're seeing today, uh, both on the business side and, and even, you know, with people personally, is uh, the cybersecurity. You know, that's... Uh, that's that's the, a biggie. Yeah, that's the heart mm -hmm. of everything, and especially what we do at Wells Fargo. Uh, we invest heavily in keeping our customers' information secure and to provide the best service. Um, you know... We take significant efforts to ensure our online and mobile channels remain available and operational so we can service our customers' financial needs. Um, you know, we have a dedicated team uh, within the bank that just focuses on nothing but security. Um, and we continue to, to add to that so we can meet the growing and ever-changing environment in cyber crimes. Um, you know, we know that businesses' uh, growth drives more systems uh, in the uh, environment, and the desires to be more complex uh, also, you know, makes you more more vulnerable. So, we continue to develop different systems, and uh, I think Jill can address a couple other products that we have that we're seeing more and more of our 
business banking clients taken advantage of? Yeah, one, one we're hearing a lot about, um, we, we call it imposter fraud. So imposter fraud occurs when a fraudster impersonates someone you know and trust, like vendor, executive, IRS, etc. The imposter contacts you through phone, email, fax, or mail, and they submit an invoice or request payment or change to vendor payment instructions. This results in your payment going to them rather than where you intended. So unlike other kinds of fraud, imposter fraud is difficult to de detect because the transactions made on your account are consistent with regular payments and are made by authorized personnel. So a few stats on this is according to the Association for Finance Professionals, a 2018 fraud and control survey, 78% of companies were victims of fraud in 2017, 77% of companies were exposed to business email compromise scams, and 54% of companies were victims of, of the business email fraud via wire transfers. So in the fourth quarter of last year, one of our business banking customers that, that we handle in our group called us in a panic. They wired almost 50,000 to who they thought was one of their Chinese vendors. When they had gotten an invoice a few days later from the vendor showing non-payment, they called their vendor. Well, one customer had received an email from who they thought was their vendor asking them to change their account information, and our customer did it. They sent the almost 50000 to a bogus account. Thankfully, because they called us so quickly, they caught it fast enough that there were still funds in the account which were able to be routed back to our customers. But in this particular example, like the bank did nothing wrong here. Um, the, 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 you know, there was nothing for us to do. If the customer hadn't contacted us, then they would have had to eat the almost $50,000 if we had been unable to get it back. So this was a good news story, but there are so many that don't turn out so happy like this one did. Well, absolutely. I know one of the things I strongly recommend with people when I'm talking to them is when you get something that wants a wire transfer, you get, I don't care if it, if it says it's your mother, mm -hmm. don't move money. That's exactly Pick right. Pick up a phone, talk to your mother, say, did you send this to me? What's going on? Find out. Do your personal investigation, your due diligence before you start moving money, mm -hmm. before you start giving people information, before you start changing information. Banks don't send you emails and tell you to change your information. Or click on this. Yeah, yeah. click on this and we'll take care of it for mm -hmm. you. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Uh, the person on the other end, that's going to take care of it mm -hmm. for you. And the bank will find out later. But, you know, it's just doing a person's due diligence and making sure that they know what's going on and they deal with it. So, Ron, do you have a couple of things about what to do about imposter yeah, fraud? Yeah, you know, some of the steps that we're definitely uh, encouraging our clients um, is, you know, definitely you want to verify the request. So if you re receive a request for payment from a vendor or, you know, an executive within your company and they want you to make a payment or change the payment, you know, you need to make sure that you're verifying that watch for red flags you know follow up with the requester uh, especially if the request is made electronically you know verify it by calling instead of emailing back because absolutely the, the, the like pick up the phone saying. give them a call yeah um, you know and, and only contact we only contact the person that's on file so someone you know 
might say they're the CFO, but if they're not our contact person, you know, say it's the president, we're not going to, you know, go ahead and, and do that until we verify it with mm -hmm. the actual person that's on file. Um, so, you know, again, uh, we feel like folks really need to implement dual control. So that requires two users on two different computers or mobile devices to initiate or approve uh, a payment mm -hmm. uh, or make any kind of changes. Uh, this serves as a second chance to spot fraudulent payments uh, before it actually goes out the door. Um, so, the, you know, the, again, the biggest thing is verify those payment changes with the requester before initiating a, a request. Uh, confirm any changes that have been made before approving the payment. And then the biggest thing is you really need to monitor your account. I know some people, you know, aren't savvy. They don't like to get on the computers. You know, they wait, wait till their bank statement comes. Sometimes they put it in file drawer 13, and yep. sometimes they might look at it. But at that point in time, it might be too late. So, you know, kind of looking at your account, you know, whether it's daily, weekly, and, and then making sure you're reconciling your accounts. Preferably daily. Well, you know, and that's the great thing about it being online and everybody having computers. You can you put it online, put you a desktop, you know, go in there. You can look at your account every day if you want to and just see what's going on. And you don't even have to do anything besides look at the totals. You know, you pretty well know what's going on. Is your total all of a sudden going down? Because mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to find it going up. But if it's going up, <laughs> we, you know, have a different discussion. But, uh, you know, start all of a sudden seeing your totals going down. And you can start asking your bank what's going on. Mm -hmm. And that's that key question, what's going yeah, on? the faster we know something, the faster we can do something. And if you know don't about wait. it, if, you, if it was one thing one day and the next day there's something different, that's pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is these days people have become so trusting of email. And, you know, mm -hmm. they might get a request, you know, to give proxy your, you know, your operating system's going to be expiring, you know, let us get on and make a fix. And, you know, the same thing with getting phone calls and people portraying they're the IRS and we need your Social Security. Exactly. But, you know, the biggest thing for us is that we want you to protect your email account. You know, I think uh, one of the things that I've always uh, found kind of amusing is uh, when I started a bank is, is I was told you don't give your password to anybody, not even if it was the bank president that came and asked Absolutely. you for your password. Mm -hmm. we, we, don't, we don't give it to anybody. And, Do not and we share. have all kinds of uh, procedures and stuff in place. You know, if our computer sits idle for more than three or four minutes, it, it shuts down itself and you have to re-sign in. Now, sometimes that's, you know, maybe a little, uh, you know, extra work for us because we might have multiple systems open and if we don't jump back and use the one and we're in another mm -hmm. one, but, but I think that's a very good thing to make sure, you know, especially if we walk away from our desk and you have four or five different applications open, you know. Well, you know, one of the things is it's like on our desk, we got a lot of confidential information from clients. Mm -hmm. You don't leave it sitting on your desk. I mean, we're the only ones there as staff, but still, you know, you just don't do that. Or at least flip it over if you need to run to the restroom. Yep, absolutely. Throw it mm -hmm. in the drawer. I tell you, I would I would love to go. Th I got more questions, but unfortunately, we're about no out of time. time. And I would love to, I mean, go, but uh, I'm going to end up getting. Getting the boot. Getting Yeah, getting the boot. They're going to boot me out of here. But, you know, this is some great information. And I know you've got a lot more information that y'all can share. 
And so if somebody wanted to get in touch with Jill or with Ron, or uh, I'm sure y'all have phone numbers, emails, uh, the, the bank has information. How about giving us the information that if somebody wants to get in contact with you and ask you some questions or the bank, that uh, they can do that? Ron, you want to go? Well, my biggest thing is uh, on my business card is my personal cell phone number. I like to make myself available, um, you know, whether it's to a client or a prospect that I'm calling on. If they have a question, you know, a lot of times business owners are so busy, you know, they, they don't have time to make a call or think about maybe what you had been talking about into the weekend. So uh, I think we all pride ourselves on making ourselves as much available as we can, but family time is also important. But uh, I, I'd, I'd love if anybody has any questions what we talked about today or, or, or possibly what we could do for your business. Uh, my direct number again is 404-310-0771. And Jill Edwards, so jill.edwards at wellsfargo.com. And my cell is 404-304-3612. And I would look forward to talking to you. Yeah, I'm the same way. My personal sales on my business card. Mm -hmm. And not many people get the personal sale of the owner when they get a business mm -hmm. card. Well, listen, I appreciate it very much. It was great to talk to both of you. And uh, with that, I'm going to thank everybody for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning. Or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on, of course, Case in Point. Join us next week at 1130 when we will talk with business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my guests, Jill Edwards and Ron Keller with Wells Fargo. And for producers Mike and Trey, I'm Rick Strawn. And remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.